Direct from Montreal, Canada, this is Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Welcome to Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. And uh, as we say in Montreal, bonjour. Comment allez-vous, share listeners. Uh, on this episode, I have uh, somebody that I appreciate greatly, greatly, greatly. It is bassist Brian Wheat of the band Tesla. Just one of the greatest rock bands out there. I mean, they're, they are a pure, pure, pure rock band. They, they didn't do the, you know, the glam look. They didn't do the let's chase the singles look. They've just always been a very honest, down-to-earth band. And uh, their new album, Five Man London Jam, is exactly that. It's just a very pure, pure, honest live album. And it sounds great. You know, I, I listened to it. Uh, through my headphones and through the uh, AirPod Pro, and they just sound spectacular. It's crystal clear. But that, again, uh, it, it is recorded at Abbey Road Studios over there in the UK, and so you expect only the best from that studio. But before that, I want to give you a quick little chat that I had with Doc McGee. Now, he wasn't, it wasn't an interview, and he wasn't on my show. Um, former D.D. Ramon bassist Stefan Adika uh, on his Facebook and YouTube, the Adika group on uh, YouTube, if you want to look it, look it up, every morning at 8 o'clock uh, PST, uh, Pacific Time, or 11 o'clock Eastern, he does this thing called Coffee Talk, where he just clicks on with different people via video streams. Sometimes it's me, sometimes it's Ryan Roxy of Alice Cooper's band, sometimes it's John Karabi or, or Mike Fasano, who, who's done stuff with Warrant and stuff. And on this coffee talk, he had uh, Kiss manager Doc McGee. And I was watching it, I was listening to the stream, and suddenly he, he clicked on me and said, Hey Mitch, do you have any questions? And I was like, oh, yeah, all right, sure. So, so I got to ask Doc a, a few questions, uh, just off the top of my head, totally spontaneous. And of course, uh, Stefan was kind enough to permit me to use the audio. So we'll, we'll start there. The uh, doc clip is exactly 4 minutes and 57 seconds. And then after that, we'll come back and we'll get right over to Brian Wheat of Tesla talking about the five-man London jam. But first, here's Doc. What, what are sort of the plans for KISS moving forward? Are, are you locking down everything? Or do you sort of start looking at 2021 and just moving the things down? Well, you know, we're kind of moving most of the things now to next year right? Uh, for, and most everybody is, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, we're now we're all fighting for dates because you have, you have to remember, forget just us. Right. Say, Oh, well, fuck, we got to move a kiss show to 2021. Uh, you know, okay. How about every other band? <clears throat> How about every other sport team? How about soccer, basketball, hockey, Fucking all of those people are moving into the same time frame. That's bad enough because you availabilities are getting tough. But how about the economy of the country? Can right. the economy of the country take all this glutton of shows? You know what I mean? That's the other part that people haven't gotten into yet. Will you will the people be able to afford with the kind of the recession, the two million people who just went on unemployment, uh, all, all the rest of the stuff, are they going to be able to go to these shows? I mean, there's going to be so much so much out there that right now we're just locking in dates around the world. 
we're fortunate in the sense that we're in, you know, 39 countries, okay, that we tour in. But, you know, this is affected in most places, like when grunge hit, okay, mm -hmm. you might not be able to be popular with a, with a, a, a rock band uh, like Kiss or Bon Jovi or whatever in the in 90s because everybody's in the grunge. But you could go to Europe and play. You right. go to Australia and play. You go to different places and play while you're weathering the storm of grunge. This time, it affected the whole world at the same time. Okay? So we're all in the same fucking boat. Right. Uh, the first time, everybody in the world is playing from the e even fucking playing field. Can I well, ask you just one quick follow-up? Do you think price ticket prices will sort of have a market adjustment downwards for the next couple of years? Because like you said, there's all yeah. these people that are unemployed. You yeah. can't afford a $300 ticket. Yes. I think that I think the greed factor um, has reached an epidemic level worse than the fucking... Absolutely. Virus, okay. And, um, and, and people will take it if they give it to them. So I think that the, you know... I think ticket prices, listen, I fought in 1995 to keep ticket prices under $25. Right. Okay. So, nice. I mean, uh, now the ticket commissions are $60. The commissions, fuck the ticket prices. So, yeah. it, so it gets to be crazy. The numbers are crazy. And I think that there is a readjustment all the way down the road, but absolutely in the in the event status, because there's, you know, supply and demand. There'll be too much supply, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. So when there's too much supply, the tickets will go down, and there'll be also less disposable income. That's what I'm saying, but that's because that's what drives it, right? But also, everybody's pacing and saying, myself included. We're, we're looking, just like you put records out or whatever, you say, who's going on sale on this Friday? Who's going on sale in the next two weeks? We stop venues from putting anything on sale for, for two to three weeks in our category, okay? Right. To try to protect that two or three, the two weeks of sales. Stuff like that that we do. You can't do that anymore because everybody's fucking going. Yeah, everybody's going to be sitting this year. A lot of bands are delaying their releases. Explain yeah. to me why that is. Why not just put them out digitally and then hold the physical releases to later? Why the need to delay a, a release? You don't. Okay. You're, you're exactly correct. It's old school thinking. That's what I that's what I thought. Okay. It's all, it's all old school thinking. Old school. I would prefer if I had anything new, which we don't. Okay. But you will. Yeah, you know, possibly, who knows? But, uh, it, you know, I would have more shit out now because people have time to listen. Yep. You know, yeah. I, that would be me. Yeah, yeah that's well, thank it. you. Here's Paul Stanley to tell you why he doesn't want to shake your hand. Some people might have a little rock and roll pneumonia. Ugh, not even cold gin will kill those germs. This is Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. There you go. Doc McGee, wasn't that fun? And uh, let us continue the fun with a Tesla bassist promoting the five-man London Jam available now. Here is 
Brian Weed. We are speaking with a bassist, a Brian Weed from the band Tesla. The new album is called Five Man London Jam. And as we say in Montreal, bonjour, Brian. How are you? Uh, good. Good. Yeah. So, so let's let's talk this album here because there's a lot of layers to it. First of all, first and foremost, um, you are a huge, huge Beatles fan, and you got to record this at Abbey Road. Uh, what was that like for you walking into that building and knowing that you were going to set up and actually record in it? Well, you know, what I tell people is when I was sitting there singing, you know, with Jeff, because we do a double vocal and we can work it out where we can work it out was recorded. And probably Paul McCartney was sitting somewhere in the proximity of where I was is probably the highest high of my career give me a little bit of the emotion though there i mean it's got to be the highest high as you describe well, I mean, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking i'm looking around the room and i'm seeing the beatles everywhere you know what i mean and you know the emotions are like wow this is you know it's like going to mecca isn't it you know that's what it was like um you know i'm just trying to take it all in and, and not you know fuck up on my days <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's really what was happening, you know. I mean, uh, it, it was pretty heavy, you know, that that part of it, you know. What people don't really realize, I think, when they listen to that record, was there wasn't really a crowd in there. There was just a bunch of journalists from England who were, you know, pretty stiff anyways, and sit there, you know, with their arms folded, looking at you, guys like Malcolm Dole and stuff. And, you know, that's a bit, that's a tough gig, man. That's a tough gig to play because you well know, you've seen Tessa play many times that we feed off on the energy of our crowd. So, I, you know, the one thing I wish that could have been different was I wish that they would allow like a hundred Tesla fans to come in there and watch us play. But Abbey Road's very strict in who they led in that building and in that studio. So the only ones that were allowed were the uh, the journalists so it, it was it was it was interesting you know but you know ultimately yeah you know look you know I'm a huge Beatles Paul McCartney fan to go there to do that it, it was is one of the highlights of my my career period oh yeah absolutely so talk to me a little bit about the the approach here because Tesla as we've mentioned before as we've talked about in the past. Uh, you do acoustic very, very well. You know, Twisted Wires was a great album. Obviously, the five-man acoustical jam. This, you did that uh, Unplugged tour. Which When was that? Like 2004? Something like that? Yeah, it was in 2004. We actually did a full tour of Canada that way. That's right. That's I, I saw you in Ottawa on that one. And, and you did the, uh, the cover of War Pigs by uh, Black Sabbath, which I'm, I'm hoping you'll... Uh, you'll uh, pull out on the next tour or something. But anyway, but, but talk to me about uh, rearranging the songs and reimagining them in an acoustic format. Some of them, of course, like Love Song, lend themselves to that. But Right. Well, I mean, the thing of it is, is we'd done this before, you know, 30 years ago. I mean, the reason it was acoustic was I was sitting in a marketing meeting with Andrew Dahl, who's our liaison, kind of our head guy over at Universal. And, you know, we were sitting in a marketing meeting for shock. 
And it was said, you know, look, they want you to go do download next year in the Hellfest and a few of the big festivals in Europe. And he said to me, if we go do download, we should try to go into Abbey Road and do a, a, a live at Abbey Road session. And I went, absolutely. You know, I jumped up. Yeah, we got to do that. We got to do that. So that's how the Abbey Road thing came about, right? And then the reason it was acoustic was it's the 30th anniversary of Five Man Acoustic Jam. So we felt it appropriate to do it as a nod to Five Man Acoustic Jam to go into, you know, if we were going to be in Abbey Road, why not make it, you know, an acoustic, Five Man Acoustic Jam thing, right? And that's hence Five Man London Jam. Uh, but in terms of, you know, the songs and stuff, we had, we had, it wasn't, it wasn't difficult at all because we had already done this stuff since 1991, right? Or 1990 when Five Man Jam. So, you know, that's why you have things like Coming At Your Lines and Paradise and Signs and, you know, We Can Work It Out is on the album because, because it's Abbey Road and it's the Beatles and we did it on Five Man Acoustic Jam because I wanted to do a Beatles song and why that song? Because it's an acoustic song. It lends itself to acoustic. We can work it out. I don't think there was an electric guitar on this on this song, the Beatles song. Uh, you know, some of the newer stuff, you know, like the stuff off Shock, with that, it was a bit more like what will work acoustically. Obviously, we didn't play Shock because you couldn't really do that acoustically, right? It didn't lend itself. But something like Forever Loving You absolutely lending itself to be acoustic or California Summer Song. Or, uh, and then what else do we do? Tied to the Tracks? Is that the other one? That, yep, Tied to the Tracks. It is. Yeah, so. Tied to the Tracks. And that, that kind of, you know, had that kind of swampy, drop, D, low, bluesy, Robert Johnson kind of riff. And that lended itself to it as well. And then, you know, something like what you give, what you give is on there because we didn't do what you give on five man acoustic jam. Although we had the song, it wasn't completed yet. So at that time we didn't have it. So well, let's do an acoustic version. Of that. And again, what you give lends itself to acoustic. It's, it's acoustic. The electric version's got it's half acoustic as well. Um, some things we didn't play because we'd already touched on them before. You know, I mean, song and emotion couldn't, like you said, you've got your own alternate playlist and you got some other things added. I Did we do Cotton and Dream on this or not? Let me uh, let me look at it. No, you did Miles Away on this, uh, which I think is... Yeah, now Miles Away, right? That was one of our heavier, heavier songs that we thought, let's try to adapt this acoustic. And, and that I thought that worked really well. So we kind of had a pretty good idea before we in, you know, what we were going to play. And I think we rehearsed a day or two, you know, before, uh, you know, but the whole thing where a normal band that doesn't really play acoustic would have to, you know, really think about what they're going to do and, you know, go into rehearsal for a bit time. I mean, we've been doing this so long and acoustics have been a part of our, our music, acoustic guitars since little Susie on the first album. Uh, that it kind of, it came really natural to us. I think that's what I'm trying to say, Mitch. Yeah, it really does. So, so let, let's let, let's look back at Five Man Acoustical Jam. It comes out in 1990, and 
in a sense, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but it's sort of the album that was not meant to be, right? A radio station starts playing a couple of the songs, and the next right. thing you know, you, you, you throw it's it out long. there. And then, yeah. ultimately, though, it almost becomes one of the defining records for the band. You know, you look at Mechanical Resonance, and you go, yeah, that defines oh, Testament. I, I tell people, I, you know, people ask me, do you ever think Tesla would get in the Hall of Fame, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I say, the only thing I think we'll get in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame about is if you, if they consider the Five Man Acoustic Jam record, because that was different. And you know, uh, you know, Jimmy Page told me when I first met him, he said, "I really like Five Man Acoustic Jam," and I said, "I can't believe you know who I am." And went, of course, I know who you are. He said, "You're the first band." to do an all acoustic live album. So we didn't, we weren't the first band to play acoustic, but we were the first ones to do an acoustic live album before Clapton, before Rod Stewart, before Nirvana, all those. We were, you know, and that was an accident. It wasn't calculated, you know, as we know, and that story has been well documented, so we don't really need to go into that, but you know, that that is that's what happened with that record, and it was our biggest selling record of all time. And, and it's so, just and, it, and, it, and it's the worst recorded record. <laughs> you know, sonically it sounds like shit, but it has that spirit on there, right? And I think that's what people who like Tesla like is the honesty of it all. We left it real. We didn't go back in and re overdub stuff or anything. We left it real. The only thing that's overdubbed on that whole album is my bass. And what happened with that was when they recorded it in Philadelphia, they didn't get the bass to tape. So what I did in the spirit of let's keep this real, it wasn't like, okay, let's go in the studio and I'll do this song and get it perfect. And this song, this song. He said, give me a bottle of scotch. You know, I'll have a couple of scotches like I normally do before I play back then. I don't anymore. It's been years since that's happened. And I said, you start the tape and I roll it through like one concert. You know, obviously we had to change the reels because of the I want to tape, but no stopping and going back. If I hit a bum note, then that's like me playing the same night and I hit a bum note. And I did it all in one pass. That's actually phenomenal. So, so then the entire bass from Five Man Acoustical Jam was done at a later date because of a technical issue. That. Nothing was saved from Philadelphia. Everything was from Philadelphia except the bass. That's the only overdub because, um, like I said, they, it didn't get to the tape. They, they fucked up in the middle of the truck. So at a later date in Sacramento in a recording studio, they brought the master tapes. I sat in a chair like I normally play, you know, on the acoustic thing, and they ran the tape once, and I played it all in one pass, like one live performance. That is... That is, that is, I don't think I ever knew that. That is fantastic. Um, now, this album does, of course, uh, the, uh, I have it in front of me here, the Five Man London Jam, of course, does celebrate the 30th anniversary. But further than that, though, do you look at a special deluxe edition of Five Man Acoustical Jam with, you know, Little Susie that had been left off and some other stuff? Or is this sort of the way Five Man London Jam Are you sort talking of. talking about Five Man Acoustic or Five Man London? Well, the, the, the five-man acoustical jam. Hey, Susie's on. Susie's on five-man acoustic jam. Oh, which one am I thinking of? No, five. No, Susie's, Susie's not on it. it. Susie's not on five-man acoustic. No, it was a bonus track. Go look at it. It's on five-man acoustic jam. 
I'm looking at it right now. You got the Heaven's Trail, This Way Out, We Can Work It Out, Science Getting Better, blah, blah, blah. Paradise Loading, Might As Well Help Around. Blah, blah. No, I don't have it. <laughs> unless I don't have a, unless I have it's the wrong. Not on there. No, it was a, a bonus. It was the a B side to the Signs single. Okay. Well, I know it was in the concert. Yes, it was. And you can you can, you can get it. It is available, but for some reason, it had been left out of the final. Well, that's why I'm asking if at some point we I see. Do you have the American version or the Canadian version? I have a, a Japanese version. I'm pretty sure it's on the American version. But I could be wrong. I know we played it. So I just look at it as one night at a concert. Right, 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 right. Where, where does Tesla go from here in sense with the, the, the entire business being shut down? Do you, as a band, just say, forget 2020, let's just go home and deal with other stuff? Do you say, hey, you know what? We could still record and send ourselves stuff by email and let's get a ne- the next new album going. Or do you just say, fuck it, we're just going to wait for 2021? I don't know. And that's, you know, I've got to be honest with you. I don't know. I don't know when we're going to be able to go back out and play, if we're going to be able to go back out and play in 2020. You know, we have a few special things we're trying to put together that we were working on that I can't really talk about right now in terms of some recording things we were going to do with a couple of legendary people, um, which now because we're all isolated, I don't think we can do. And the kind of thing we were going to do with this one particular guy, um, we have to be in a room together. So I don't know, man, honestly, I think right now we're at the mercy of what's going on in the world and, and, you know, we'll see where we're at, you know, ask me again, call me back. You got my number. Ask me for four weeks, you know, because I, I just don't know. Ask you in a month. You know, it's funny, I was talking to Joe Elliott today yeah. and, you know, we were having the same conversation, you know, like, what do we do? What, what's going on? You know, you know, he's got this big tour with Motley Crue and, and, you know, and I mean, uh, you know, I'm putting out a book next year. Uh, well, this year, and I ask, I'm asking Joe to write the forward for me because Joe's like my, he's like, uh, he's been a mentor to me and kind of a big brother. And he's actually, I have two friends that are in rock bands. Well, actually three, but one's Jimmy Page and one's Joe Elliott. And they're like, you know, I don't really like my friends aren't really usually rock stars or, or stuff like that. You know what I mean? They're different people. And, uh, so me and Joe have a, a long, long history. So, you know, I phoned him up today, asked him if he, he could write this forward for my book. And, you know, we got on that discussion. It's like, what do we do this year? And, and, you know, we both really don't know, you know, it was like, we don't know. I don't think anyone knows. Yeah. It, it's know? strange. I actually had that conversation I mean, with Doc McGee this like morning. Metallica, you know, we're going to play a concert for you or do whatever, you know, via the internet. But, fuck, who knows what's going to happen next week? You know, what if martial law kicks into effect next week? You know, there's people saying crazy shit like that. You know, you know, who knows? Who knows if this is, is, is this serious as everyone says, or isn't as serious or, you know, what's really going on here? I don't know. It's, it's very perplexing to me, Mitch. I don't know what, 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 the future holds, yeah. you know, I know, you know, the world's been 
tossed upside down right now. And, you know, um, you know, hopefully, you know, the only thing I can hope is that hopefully those Tesla records will help some people get through whatever, you know, they have to go through, you know, maybe some of those positive songs, you know, hang tough or it's getting better every day or, you know, something like that. Or, you know, it's not what you got, what you give, you well, know, I, I got to say five man London jam is, is out March 27th and Amazon delivered it to me on March 24th. Cause I had ordered some coffee and I think they just went, fuck it. We're just going to put everything in one box. And just the fact that I got it three days early in an Amazon package made me, it just made my day. It was like, oh, look at that. You know, somebody. Well, you know what? That 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 makes me happy, man. Seriously, I mean, if that, you know, if, if that they, you know, someone can get some joy, and that's how they, That's not just this record. That's any record. That's any memory or any song. You know, I find a lot of comfort in in Beatles songs. You know what I mean? And especially like "Let It Be." That's my favorite song. And you know, when I when I listen to something like that, if I'm down or you know, there's been a death or whatever. You know, I know the comfort I feel in something like that. And if, if something, one of our songs does that for somebody, then that that makes everything that we've done worth it all, you know? Oh, yeah, it absolutely did. And I'll tell you the other thing that made it worthwhile is I put it in the uh, in the iPhone or whatever and took the dog for a walk out in the forest. And I just had it in my ears in this very sort of serene, peaceful moment. And it just sonically... It, just the way it was recorded, it sounds great. And it, it was just very peaceful. It was very zen to have coming at you live and trucking <laughs> and and uh, into the now. And, and I got to say, you know, when I came around the, the bend back home, Miles Away hit and you had that introduction about this is a, a song about a very special thing. And and it just sort of all worked. It, it was it was really like I was in a scene of a movie and there was a narrator. It was just perfect. And so, uh, you know, thank you for that. And, and thank you for that album. It, it really is a I, special I, thing. You know, thanks, man. I mean, you know, it's what we do. It's what we try to do. You know, Tessa's always tries to be a positive band, you know. And that's one of the things I'm most proud of, of the band, is that in spite of all the craziness that, you know, we've endured through all the years and, and the perseverance, you know, we are pretty positive-minded people. Yeah, you are, and uh, I I know that you have uh, to uh, to get to uh, to to pack in some boxes and stuff. So on that, I will say merci beaucoup, as we say in Montreal. And uh, let's do this again soon, and hopefully, hopefully, somewhere on the road. Yeah, hopefully, you know, give me a few weeks, and maybe I can share with with you what we're we were hoping to do in the early summer, besides the dates, which. I think will be really cool if we're still on to do it, but I don't really want to say something now if if it doesn't happen. Makes sense to me. Thank you, sir. Merci. Okay, man. You stay safe up there, buddy. Trying to, and you too. And we'll uh, we'll do uh, this again under better circumstances on a rock yeah, hey, on man. a rock bus on a rock tour. God damn it. Okay, man. <laughs> Cheers. Bonsoir. Get you some uh, palm fritz. <laughs> some poutine. Yeah, what's that shit you guys eat up there? Fries with chili on it or something? With a gravy and cheese. I've actually never had that, which is kind of funny because everybody thinks, because I'm a rock reporter from Quebec, that I drink alcohol and that I eat poutine, and I do neither. (laughs) So they're always confused. They're like, wait a minute. I used to have a girlfriend up there in Montreal, and she 
she used to when I'd go see her, we I'd eat that stuff. Yeah, well, it's, it ain't good for you. But uh, right now, uh, given the fact that we can't leave the house, I would eat one of those for the first time in my life if I was allowed to leave the house. Right. But anyway, good luck. Cheers, sir. You Have guys a, got toilet paper up there? Yeah, you know, in fact, uh, the uh, supply chain in terms of grocery stores and food, we we didn't have any of that hoarding or any of that fighting. It's it's been perfectly well controlled, actually, and people have been yeah, very respectful. For some reason, everyone's buying all the toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it made, it made no sense. But anyway, I do have a, a, a call here at four that I got to get to. But thank you, sir. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Cheers. This has been Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. For more exclusive content and interviews, subscribe on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, and many more. Follow Mitch on all the socials, especially Twitter, at Mitch LaFon, and on Instagram, at Mitch underscore LaFon. Get your Mitch merch now at loudtracks.com slash Mitch.